You can be seated. Thank you. I want to thank you for the honor of being able to do my best to impart to you today. Uh, I want to thank my fellow senior council members here the love and the grace and the unique expression that each one of you are. I want to honor my apostolic brother, Leo Palmer and Amber Palmer, who we plow in the same field together. Sometimes I'm on the front end pulling the plow and he's on the back directing it. And sometimes he's on the front end pulling and I'm, and I'll say this too. I don't mean I don't mean this anyway. But the very thing that uh, my apostle brother Michael Friend so aptly uh, talked about Thursday night team ministries. You can see it practiced literally every service because we we don't take to, we literally stand together and minister. Literally stand together. Yes. Is that true? That's yes. Johnny knows. That's how we do it. Uh, but I want to invite you today uh, I, I don't I want to impart to you but I have a deep stirring in my heart this morning to impart to this region and to, I want to I've seen a picture I want to share with you hopefully a snapshot for a moment but I pray that God gives me an articulate voice and a tongue of a learned one so that I can speak a word to the weary, not just sitting here, but a word that's going to that's going to penetrate into the very hearts of this region. It's going to bring it's going to bring a, a, a greater clarity of vision to those who are here, but it's going to release a beautiful picture of the conclusion of transformation. <laughs> I think, I think, Cal, that if we can, if we can become, if we can get to the point to where we can understand what the conclusion of transformation looks like, if we can just see a snapshot of that in a moment, then the process becomes more evident that even in the middle of that process, then when we're going through it, we can understand it and recognize it for what it is. Not recognize it so much for a temptation and a trial, but recognize it as the perfecting agent that we may find joy in. That we may count it all joy. So what I want to give to you is a picture of the breath of God. I want to give you a picture of the breath of God. In the beginning, we were created to live, move, have our being inside of the dominion of God. Literally as ones who reigned as God in the visible realm. We use the word representation. 
And that's an accurate word, but it's actually, it's actually a little more than that. It's just a little bit more than that. It's him in skin. <laughs> in the beginning of time, when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, how many of you know, anybody ever watched CSI? How do they get DNA? Out of the saliva. And God breathed. He kissed. The Bible said that he breathed the breath of life. He was nostril to nostril with Adam, which means that he kissed the breath of life. So love imparted the DNA of God and created a visible expression whereby he may be seen. So I want to talk to you this morning. I want to introduce to you what I call refigured into dominion. And in that refigurement, when we become to see a clear picture of refigurement, that refigurement, Angie, into dominion, sis, then we can understand what I refer to as the house or the solidarity of his community. The singularness, the singularity of his community. Cal talked about community and used that word even a couple of times last night. So I want to read something to you that I found fascinating. And I know we could go so much deeper in this, but I've got, I've got a limited amount of time. So I'm going to, I want, I want to read to you about a cloud, about how clouds are formed. This is, I'm going to read it right out of the Googles, Becky. <laughs> the interwebs. Yeah. Becky's mama. We laugh. She's, she's a hillbilly woman like the rest, like the rest of us are. I mean, it is what it is, but she, <laughs> Look them Googles up. All right. Look. <laughs> Let's look the Googles up and see what the Googles has to say. The, go <laughs> the Google says that clouds form when the invisible water vapor in the air condenses into visible water droplets. For this to happen, the parcel of air must be saturated. Selah. <laughs> I.e., unable to hold all the water it contains in vapor form, so it starts to condense into a liquid or solid form. Men, why you stand, men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into the sky? Do you not know that this same Jesus, anybody know where I'm at? Yeah. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. That this same Jesus shall come again in the same way. Remember the mountain of transfiguration? As Marshall talked about, the transfigured. 
See what Jesus, what Jesus did was he showed who he really was, but the who he really was was not the natural expression that we thought. He transfigured so that we could see him as he is. His intent is for you to come and me and all of us in the singularity of this community being refigured back into that place of dominion where we were created from the beginning that once we once we come into that place into that form we will be a visible representation but it won't be what we look like in the flesh individually it will be like the city set up on a hill it will be a bright light that will literally illumine entire earth and as cal was talking about light is most evident in the place of darkness why do you think in isaiah chapter 60 he says arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you but we all know verse one somebody quote two and darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness the people why? Because darkness is the arena that he has chosen to show the vast superiority of his light. So we, having fallen into darkness, he has chose to once again, like Cal so aptly described the lamb slain before the world was the picture of redemption that was to come but the thing about it was is this redemption was going to be so powerful that man was going to be unable to fall again it was going to be so complete every enemy was going to be so destroyed Death was going to be put underfoot. So that's just the introduction. Let's go ahead and. I'm gonna stick to my notes, Mama, so I can. I'm. I'm gonna bear down here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bear down. Yes, ma'am. So, what I want to talk to you about real quick is the house of rest. The house of rest. What is rest? It's really. It, we can call it rest. We gotta rest. We gotta rest. What is rest? Rest is when you cease from your own labor of hardship, toil, and annoyance. How many of you know that the tree of good and evil, the one we I don't know, that word evil right there, translated into the Greek from the Septuagint, which was completed in 132 BC, way before the Masoretic text ever existed, in that which was 72 Jewish scholars, I'm just giving you a quick history lesson, 72 Jewish scholars finished this up and they put it into the language of the learned at that time, which was Greek. So at that point in time then, they, at, at once again, completed in 132 BC, when they called it the tree of knowledge of good and ego, they used the word pineros, pineros. 
And that word, literally, that, that means evil. That's what we call evil. But do you know what that word, if you go look in your Thayer's Dictionary and cross-reference it with your Strong's, then you will find that that word literally means labor, hardship, toil, and annoyance. Yes, 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 yes. So rest is when we leave evil or a life of labor, hardship, toil, and annoyance and come into the perfect provision of the Father. So the evil that we committed, the evil that happened, the evil that we ate of in Anthony was making our own decision that we were going to try to provide for ourselves other than what Abba had already provided. <coughs> and hello, religion. <laughs> right, Mike? I mean, hello, religion. <laughs> So, oh Jesus. So, we, we're fighting 1,700 years, and we're not, we're not fighting it. We're going through it. By God, we're going to go through it. 1,700 years ago. Or let's go back a little further than that. Even to Jesus created. He didn't come to start the Christian religion. He came to redeem humanity. He came to buy us back and restore us back into the life of our authentic design. Which was dominion. But at that point in time, it became Grecianized and turned into a philosophy, which was the... Even Paul, Acts chapter 17, you guys know, I don't have to, y'all are biblical people, you know, understand, Acts chapter 17. Then it went from being a philosophy marshal in 300 AD when the church married the world, i.e. Constantine in Rome. At that point in time then, at that point in time, 300 AD, church became, the Christianity became institutionalized. So we went from a family to a philosophy, to an institution. And then here in Europe, and especially in America, it became an enterprise. A money-making scheme. And so now what we're doing is we're starting back here at the enterprise again, and we're going, trying to get back through the institution my god and then and that's gonna it's like running forever right there get and then we get back to the plot but we're trying to get back to the family and the fellowship we're gonna make it we're gonna make it man i refuse i god did not keep me alive to not make it Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians. These people were his, besides what I call the father letters, Mike, the, the or apostle Mike, excuse me. <laughs> I'm Rob, you're Mike. <laughs> That's, uh, besides that, besides the father letters, what, you know, uh, first, second Timothy, Titus, and I even consider Philemon kind of to be a father letter too, that. Besides that, this was the of the city letters, what I call the city letters. This was the most friendly, if you will, the one, the one that he was. He had just an air about him of just loved, just yeah, you know what I mean. 
And when he wrote this, he was, he said it's what I consider to be some apex thoughts, not only in this letter, but in, in our journey. Verse three, uh, chapter three, verse 21 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we also eagerly await. I'm going to stick to my notes real hard right now, guys, because I'm, but our citizenship is in heaven and we also eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. In this right here, as I was looking into it, I found that there's six clauses in this one scripture right here. There's six different clauses literally in the language right here. The first clause was says this, that this is the very reason that but our citizenship, Paul was actually saying, Angie, this is the very reason we have the singularity of community. In the relation of rest. The reason for the singularity of our community is to bring us all back into that place of rest. That's what you're talking about. So now, Ronnie talked about love so beautifully yesterday. And how many of you know that the word agape, what is it? Love. And what, what do we, what's the, our usual way of unconditional love, right? Now, watch this. Let me show you what the unconditional love of God actually accomplishes. That word comes from two. It's a compound word. Ago and pavo. Ago means to lead. Pavo means into rest. So when we say agape, the love of God, we're saying that he's leading us into rest. He's leading us into rest. So then is it his love that leads us back to the Sabbath rest of inherent provision? Cal said it yesterday. Man was created on the sixth day. Man's first day was a place of the garden of Sabbath abundance. Where the provision of God was where the design where we were meant to live continually. Forever. Unlimited. Where all things concerning and belonging to us are complete. We find this under the banner of his lordship and in the house of rest. His house of rest. So his banner over us is love. His banner over us is love. And what does that banner over us love do? It brings us to a place of rest. To where that we are seated at the Father's table with everything provided for us. With no need of lack. No sense of poverty. No need of lack. No, 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 nothing that would cause us to sense in any way brokenness or incompleteness. So I'm asking you to go with me in this place. And you're, try to ask the Spirit of God to give you an imagination to where that you can see. To where you can see and understand. Because once we get a picture of completeness, anything else is going to be so apparent that it's going to be easier to walk away from it. Once we able to see, Drew, the conclusion of this process called transformation, once again, that process becomes, it, it's, it's much easier. We understand what's going on. And in under, having the eyes of our understanding enlightened, we understand what the hope of it is. Then. We understand the hope at that point in time. 
the Lord my shepherd. So clause two says this in heaven, the seated place of the abode of the Father, which is the ascended, ascended throne known as heaven. See, here's something that's fascinating to me that I can't get rid of. The Lord spoke to me one morning when I woke up, Jack, and he looked, I, 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 he looked at me, he looked at me, and he said this. He said, I have determined in what I accomplished in the rent veil, I have determined that my throne, you have just as much right there as I do. Not that I accomplished that. That was the Father's good pleasure. He just said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what he's saying in that statement is, my throne is your home. And you have just as much right to be here as I do. Now, I could end right there and we could just run and shout for a while. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is my resting place? What kind of house will you build for me? He's created us to be the living stones that are building his house, that place of habitation for him. We are his habitation. We are the house that he is building I keep telling people that I believe the two most important words, Eddie, in Matthew chapter 16 are not ecclesia, but it's I and my. <laughs> I will build my church. <laughs> That's just my simple little old Arkansas mind. But I, I mean, I, I and my, I think that's the two most important words, Jeremy, in Matthew chapter 16. So then clause three says this, that now then he is the fullness of our expected hope. First Peter 1, 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ by his great mercy, his birth is again into a living hope. Most of everybody know that scripture. If you don't, I'd suggest that you it's a good one to know. <laughs> it's a good one to know. You were born again to a living hope, not a dying hope. That's been the problem with Christianity for too long. Is it adopted a theory that says the only way to get saved is either die or him come get us. <laughs> Our salvation becomes either us passing out or him coming to get us. When he means for us to live, move, and have our being right here in these skin suits that he give us. You are his address. He's put a mailbox on top of your head with his name on it. 
Now watch this. He told them again. He said, the same Jesus will come again. Fifty days. Fifty days. They're in an upper room in one accord. Very similar to what we are here right now. One accord. And there's a breath. A mighty rushing wind that blows through. And in that mighty rushing wind, Marshall, there was particles of water. In that mighty rushing wind, the DNA of God was breathed back into humanity. The breath of life was put back in the new creation. That's right, my friend. Clear it up. And in that breath of life, that DNA is what became that life that's on the inside of you that we call light, that we call love, that we do the best we can to try to express. But it's my very purpose and my very heart that we come to a place that we not only see a bunch of different ideas or philosophies, but we see him for who he is. Because I hear him whisper all the time, you are as I am. You are as I am. Don't be scared of it. Don't be afraid of it. And don't think it's heresy. Don't think it's what I did. It's what I paid for. It's the work that I accomplished. Why would you delineate or diminish or underestimate something like that that redeemed you and restored you back to that place of perfection? Why do we why is it so hard for us to understand in our souls that that's the Father's desire? James 1.18 says that he birthed us back again by the word of truth. That word right there, birthed us, right before it is a word, Jack, that means delight. That word is the Greek word is bulomai. And do you know what that word means, Tim? That word means the intentional love dream. The intentional love dream of God, Mike, is what brought you into being. It wasn't by the will of man or by the will of flesh. It was by the love dream of God that was spoken about before there ever was said, let there be light in the conversation that the Godhead had when they were speaking. And even I say it all the time, even holiness. We have always thought, Ronnie, that holiness meant he was separated from us. We're so misconceived sometimes. It means that he was separated for us. He loved us so much that in that conversation, Eddie, he said all the resources, everything that we have, everything that we are now belongs to them. He would not build a building without counting the cost. He would not build a house without counting the cost. He's wiser than that. Everything I am, I give to you. Just like a good father. Just like a good daddy would. That's right. That's right. I 
He redeemed us from the fall in the state of our original familial position. He did this through the supremacy of his own lordship. He decided to enact his own might, his own power. And in that power, in that power, he saved us. In that power, he saved us. And this is now fully revealed. Now, fully revealed, he is the conclusion. He is the author and the finisher, or i.e. the originator and the conclusion. The originator conclusion. Hebrews 1, 12, excuse me, 12, 2 says, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set out for him endured the cross, disregarding his shame and has taken his seat, has taken his seat at the right hand in the throne of God. And you are co-seated with him. So that scripture right there then, this is a translation that, this is the very reason we have the singularity of community inherently began in the relation of rest, which is the seated place of the abode of the Father. That is the place of rest, his seated throne. It's the ascended throne known as heaven. And now then, he is the fullness of our expected hope. Christ in you is the hope of glory. He is the fullness of that expected hope, Anthony. Due to our co-seatedness in him. Who as our kinsman redeemer. As our kinsman redeemer. Has revealed himself fully as the one anointed Messiah. Jesus is the salvation of Yahweh. He is the salvation. He doesn't have it. He is it. So in that place, and according to that one scripture there, he wrote Philippians 3.21, <laughs> which says this, who will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of his glorious body by means of that power by which he is able to subject all things to himself. And as I got to looking into this, I guess again, I found six more clauses. <laughs> and I'm going to hit these really hard. Can y'all hang? Can y'all hang? I know I got time. I'm just saying I'm going to I'm going to machine gun you for just a second because I want you to see that I want you to see the power of this right here. Who from his throne alone at the conclusion of the accomplishment that his lordship declared as finished. Hebrews 1.3 says the son is the radiance of his glory, the representation of his essence. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. So when he had accomplished cleansing for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
So he refigured into the original image these humiliated bodies of our previous states that were broken and disqualified for their intended purpose. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Or excuse me, in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion. So he refigured us back into that original image. We were humiliated, Andrew. We've fallen from that estate. We were broken and we were disqualified to be able to express the image of God. See then, he jointly formed us together again mutually into the image of his completeness. Using the instrumentality of the process revealed by the cross. In him, the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's Ephesians 2.21. So his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement. Notice I just said six things right there because man had to be saved completely. Six is the number of men. And we had to be brought back into the place of perfection. So he accomplished all six of those things to relinquish what man had done on that to bring us back into the day of new creation. Ephesians 2, 16 says, and to reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by which the hostility has been killed. <laughs> the agent of reconciliation, which was his operative power. This is the enabling power which he uses now to subdue any false identity contrary to the original image of him. Ephesians 1.20 says the power he exercised in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So in this, this six clauses right there, Jeremy, he says this. This is, what they, this is what they heard. This is what the Philippians would have heard. Who from his throne alone, at the conclusion of the accomplishment, his lordship declared as finished, refigured into the original image, these humiliated bodies of our previous state that were broken and disqualified for their intended purpose. He jointly formed us together into the singularity of his community. He jointly formed us together again into the image of his completeness using the instrumentality of the process revealed by the cross. His life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement was the agent <laughs> was the agent of reconciliation, his operative power. This is the enabling power which he now uses to subdue any false identity contrary to the original image of him. Sometimes we wonder why we feel the pressure, we're feeling the tension that we are. We feel, we feel these things around us, and I felt it all week long. I have, me and Mama talked about it last night. I have felt this incredible tension since I've been here, and I know that some, and it's because that he is. I was so, I was, I was, I, I'll be, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'll be transparent. I didn't know what it was. I thought, is it me? Is it Eddie? Is it Mom? Is it who? What is it? Who is it? It was her. It was her. <laughs> 
run here, here here's the bus no and reverse i'll be your huckleberry <laughs> That's really all I need. Ha ha. <laughs> That's really all I need. <laughs> so then clause three, which actually is Philippians 4.1. I honestly think, Mike, that Philippians 4.1 should have been 3.22. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was a letter. And I, I call point three reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> I just dated, I dated myself there, Anthony. 1978, Peaches and Herb. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, so everybody together now. <laughs> 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 Philippians 4 1 says this so then my brothers and sisters dear friends whom I long to see now think about this Paul's writing this but hear the spirit <laughs> brothers and sisters dear friends he longs to see you he longs to see you My joy and my crown. Stand in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. Stand. Become upright again. Yes. Be removed from your fallen state. Be removed from your fallen state. Put your head back in the heavenlies where it belongs. And plant your feet firmly on the earth where they belong. And be the visible expression that he always intended you to be. That's what we're doing, brother. That's what that's the mode, that's the intent, that's the design, that's the desire. So in this, then he said, with this accomplishment as the result, we are now rejoined in him as one. Colossians 3:10 says, and having been clothed with the new man that is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of the one, according to the image of the one. We're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of one. It's not the knowledge that you have of him, it's the knowledge that he has of you. That's the knowledge you're being renewed in. That's what the doing of your mind is. It's not that you learn about him, but you do. What does it matter what you know about him or what you think about him? I would much rather know what he thinks about me. I can gather about why do you think it's called the unity of the faith? Because if I try to get you to believe like I do, or you believe me, believe like you do, or you believe, then we're just trying to operate in coercion. What kind of unity is there in coercion? Thank you. But if we can unify around what he knows to be true and we can accept that and not try to think about it from a fallen state, not try to say, oh, I'm a humble, I'm not good enough, I can't be. His blood. His blood. His blood. 
How can you diminish your worth when he paid that kind of price for it? So then as he is the dearly beloved, so are we. He is the dearly beloved and so are we. We were greatly longed for. We are the very object of his calming delight. I looked that up and when I found that word, Cal, I sat there and I wept. His calming delight. All this turmoil, this storm-tossed sea, all of it. I was just traveling across this. and everything. But then all of a sudden, peace, be still. From a place of rest. He intends for us to be able to lay in the boat even in the middle of the storm and sleep. But we want to jump up, run, scout, scream, don't you care? First John 4, 17, by this love he perfected with us, Ronnie. By this love he perfected with us. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, Andrew. What is the day of judgment? I can have confidence in the fact, knowing that when that judgment of righteousness happened, that I can now stand in his presence, blameless and holy in yes. his sight, according to that which he accomplished, yes. not me. Come on. Yes. I don't have to rely. Oh, sorry. My bad. I don't have to rely on my own works or my own ability to please him. I simply do because I am. I don't try to do to be. I be, therefore I do. Right. Not a doobie, a be do. <laughs> all of a sudden I just boy I ain't even going to tell you where I just went with that right then I, I, started, I started to say Mike we're talking about getting high here somebody will get that in a minute <laughs> we know what we're talking So watch this, guys. We cheerfully, wonderfully wear his badge of royalty and stand fully upright in his righteousness. He clothed us. We wear his badge of royalty. His crown endorses your crown. His throne endorses your crown. His kingship endorses your kingship. We're kings and priests. His priesthood endorses your ability to operate as a priest here in the earth. I wish I had time to go into all of that, but I don't. And he accomplished this through the preeminent lordship. His preeminent lordship. So with this accomplishment as a result, we are now rejoined in him as one. As he is the dearly beloved, so are we. We were greatly longed for. We are the very object of his calming delight. We cheerfully wear his badge of royalty and stand fully upright in righteousness. Accomplished through his preeminent lordship in this way, we are now his recognized beloved ones. Yes. Yes. 
I proclaim to you today that in the very same way Jesus crossed that Jordan River, that the heavens opened up, the dove landed, and he said, this is my beloved son. You see, he became recognized at that point in time. I'm telling you today, come across the Jordan and be recognized. Enter into his death. But in entering into his death to self, we enter into the life as we breathe in that DNA. We become regened again, regenerated, regened, and that we can live by the life of our authentic design that he always intended for us to live by. See, that's what Jesus did, Marshall. He crossed the Jordan. He went through our death. He went through our death, right? He became a recognized son or he became identified. He received his recognized identity. But then watch this. He went back across the Jordan again, back into the wilderness, back Eddie, where we lost all of it at and faced the one who took it from us. Anybody with me? He went and faced the one that took it from us and said, that's mine. You don't own it. You never owned it. You'll never have it. It's mine. And it belongs to them because I give it to them. So in human flesh, he took back what belonged to us from the beginning went back across the Jordan again and returned in the power of the Spirit and said, today, now, the Scripture is fulfilled in your ears. There it is. There it is. There it is. How much time I got, Mama? 55 seconds. <laughs> 55 seconds, and I'm, I'm just going to read this to you. This is Eddie's favorite scripture, and it means so much to me. I've, only, I've read this to a couple to you. This is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Would you like to hear? Would you like to hear this? This assigned bestowment of the favor of God never, not once, portrays any sense of timidity as an attribute of his spirit. The righteous are as bold as a lion. This gracious bestowment endorses the dynamic and formidable abundance that his fierce love celebrates now. You need to hear that again, don't you? This gracious bestowment endorses the dynamic and formidable abundance that his fierce love celebrates. It endorses it. His fierce love is the provision that completely and abundantly ever provides for me. This brings us back to the origin of his creation and restores back to us the soundness of our soul. Sound minds, the soundness of our souls. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside the waters of reflection. And there he restores my soul. 
he brings me back, Ronnie, like he brings me back to that place where I can remember who I am in him. Thank you, guys. I love you all.